Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. Which brings me to my next point. I am in a position to be deceived when I forget that Christianity requires me to continue in faith. So first, Christianity is about a relationship with Christ. I can't forget that. But I'm also in a position to be deceived when when I forget that Christianity requires me to continue in faith, to live by faith. Not to have just lived by faith when I accepted Christ, but to live by faith right now, right? Colossians 2, 6-7 through says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And then it goes on to say, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Now notice, this philosophy is hollow because it promises what it can never give. It's a shell, but on the inside there's actually no power for it to deliver. It's hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. And so here we have people depending on spiritual forces that are not Jesus Christ. That's wrong. And sometimes you might think, well, this is a humble position because I don't want to to bother the big guy, so I'll just go to other things instead, right? Because he's so busy, I don't want to bother him when the big guy, when God himself is the one who said, no, I want you to come to me. So who are you to stand against the word of the living God? When he's made a way and said, I can handle all of your burdens, don't go to other things. Don't go to these elemental spiritual forces of this world. Depend on Christ alone. Don't stand against the word of God. If Jesus says that he's made a way to him, it's actually proud for you to say, I don't want to bother you, God, right now, so I'll go to other things. You might think it's a humble position, but it's an opposing position. Because God has said one thing and you're saying another. Come to God on his terms, and Christ is sufficient. To continue in Christ is to continue in the truth that only Jesus can do what we cannot do. Only Jesus can present us to God as righteous. We can't by our works present ourselves to God as righteous, but Jesus can. And it's not by our righteousness, it's by his righteousness. And it's not by our work, it's by his work. We start our faith with trusting in Jesus. This means we need to continue our faith with trusting in Jesus. If we look anywhere else for our strength, there is no power. It is hollow and it's deceptive. At the end of the chapter, you're going to see that these these people who do all these things, they actually have no power to restrain from sensual indulgence. They can't actually say no to sin. They're going to fall. They're slaves still. Where do we get our true power from? From Christ alone. And if we want true power, we need to keep our eyes on Him. So we, we don't look at these hollow and deceptive philosophies. Rather, we look to Christ. If we look elsewhere for strength, there's no power. Those who teach others to look elsewhere, then, are deceivers. And if you are looking somewhere else other than Christ and His wounds and His resurrection for life and power, you're deceived. 
There will never be a time in your life when God will require your works in order for God to love you. This is not how He works. He loves you first, not because. So where do good works come in? They are the effect of God's goodness in your life. They are not the cause. We don't cause God to be good to us by our works. God is good to us, so we work. And the works we do, he actually gets the credit for because they're his work that he's created in us. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Then it goes on to say, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Even the works we do in Christ are the works of God through us. There's never going to be a time in your life, there's never going to be a time in your life when God will require your works in order for Him to love you. You know, a good example of this, and I'm not sure if I told this um, example last time I was here, but I'm going to say it again because it's a good one, okay? And I want you to understand that it's because of the impact of God in our lives that we do what we do. There's a man that was going to work one day. Heard this from Paul Washer, a preacher. And he was going to work, and he was late to work again. And his boss said, why are you late? And the guy said, look, I have a really good excuse. And here he is in his suit, and his hair is like nice and done, and no scratches on him. But he says, I was, I was on the freeway, and, and on the way here, I got a flat tire. And the, the boss is thinking, okay, well, maybe. Maybe it's a good excuse this time, right? Maybe I'll give him a break. And the guy goes on to explain, well, as I'm changing the flat tire, the, the tire slips out of my hand, and it starts rolling down the 95 freeway. So I go chasing after this tire that I need in order to come to work. And the boss is like, oh man, this guy's got a really bad day. You know, he, he, maybe I should give him some grace this time. But he doesn't stop because he just keeps on running his mouth. And he says, as I'm running down the freeway, the employee goes on to say, as I'm running down the freeway, I grab the tire and I'm just so grateful I have the tire. Then boom, I get hit by a logging truck. And the boss looks at the employee in his nice suit and his nice hair, and he says, you didn't get hit by a logging truck. And the guy says, yes, I got hit by a logging truck. And the boss responds, no, you can't come into contact with something that big and not show it. Likewise, many of you have claimed to come into contact with the God of the universe. But I want to say, he's much bigger than a logging truck. You can't come into contact with someone as great and as powerful as God and not show it. When you come into contact with the love of God, and you come into a relationship with God, it shows. So you're not saved by works, but if you are saved, what's going to happen? It's going to show. So you come to God by faith alone, and then He changes you so that even the works that you do as a result of your salvation, He gets the credit for. He's the one who changes. To come to know God is to trust God. So here's my challenge. Stop working and let God work. Acknowledge His work. Don't take your eyes off of Christ. He's the one who gives us power to do what we cannot do apart from Him. To accept the work of Christ 
is to give up your work and to accept his work. Here's the deal. Your work gets you hell. His work gets you heaven. Which one do you want to trust? To continue in Christ is to continue to trust him and to know that we can't get by by our good works. Our good works are hollow and deceptive. They promise what they can never deliver. So have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Some of you, many of you in here would say, yes, I have. Well, great. Understand this then. To continue in Christ is to ask yourself, right now, in my chair, am I accepting Christ? Or am I accepting something else? Have I added on to the sufficiency of Christ? Have I added on to the fact that Jesus is enough? Right now, where you're sitting, are you accepting Christ? Great, you're saved. You're sealed by the blood of Jesus. But right now, is there something in your mind that you're trusting in that isn't Jesus? It's hollow. It's deceptive. So, am I accepting something else? See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Which brings me to my last point. We are in a position to be deceived when we forget that Christianity, first, is about a relationship with Christ. Second, Christianity requires me to continue in faith. And finally, I'm in a position to be deceived when regarding our salvation and being right before God, I forget that Christianity does not let me offer anything to God but faith. Let me explain. Why does God only require faith from you regarding your salvation and being right before Him? Because it's not my works that carry me me into God's presence. It's God's word. It's God's promise. There's no work that I can do that will ever be good enough to make me right before God. Why can I only offer faith to God and not faith in myself and my works as well? Because if I could point to myself in any area, just even a small one, Jesus wouldn't be enough. I would have to have confidence in myself too. It would be Jesus plus me equals salvation in everything in my life. Not only would this take away from God's glory, but the pressure would be on me. It would be too great. I would screw it up. Thank God that all of my salvation is the work of Christ. Past, present, and future, I am free because Jesus paid it all. So remember, what God wants from you, it's not your works, it's your faith. In fact, if you do good works without faith, it's actually sin. Right? Because anything that does not come from faith, the scripture says, is sin. So even our good works, our best human efforts are tainted before God. God wants your faith. The righteous will live by faith. Are you trying or are you trusting? Are you trying to be right before God or are you trusting in the finished work of Christ? When you trust in the finished work of Christ, God does a work in your life that impacts you. So much so that it shows. So that when you're living in this world, you start to make Him known by the way you talk and by the way you walk. You make what what people want to see, right? You make the invisible God visible. Let's go over what the rest of our passage in Colossians says. 
about the sufficiency of the work of Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 goes on to say, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And now here's the guarantee for you. If you're a believer, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Can you be more full than full? I don't think so. Full is full, right? In Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So all these people that say, hey, I have authority. No, no, no. The head over everything is saying this is the fact. You're full in him. Are you full? Then you don't have to work to be more full. It's done. Trust in Christ. Colossians 2.11 goes on to say, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by the Jewish leaders? No, when you were circumcised by Christ. I mean, you could trust in the ritual done by man. You could do that, but, but you will not get to heaven doing that. Or you can trust in Christ to circumcise your heart. And it's a circumcision not performed by human hands. It's a perfect one where Jesus takes the flesh of your heart and puts it off perfectly and is done by God himself in Christ. Trust him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 goes on to say, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Who raised us from the dead? Who put off our flesh through the forgiveness of sins? It was Christ, wasn't it? I mean, you can try to offer sacrifices for your sins, but they will never be enough. Or you can trust in the sufficiency of the work of Christ. Colossians 2.14 goes on to say, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Who cancels our legal debt that we could never pay before God? Christ does. You can try to make sure that your good outweighs your bad before you stand before God one day, but it will never be enough because the debt you owe is too great. Or you can trust in Christ. And then we see in Colossians 2.15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them by the cross. Who disarms all the powers and authorities? Who is the king of kings over all kings of the earth? Who has the authority to say, this is the truth about your salvation? It's Christ. Do you trust him? If Christ is above all powers, don't trust any powers that go against the word of Christ. And what is the word of Christ? That you have direct access to the throne room of God, not by your works, but by his work. And so what does God ask of you? He asks of you this thing, to trust Him. To live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. The only thing that God asks you is to trust Him. Anyone who says otherwise, who says, well, that's too easy, that can't be right, that says that that God really needs more, that, that that's not humble enough, you know, you don't want to mess with God, He speaks against the God who is above all. He speaks against the God of the universe. One day, I'm going to be in heaven with God. And when I see Jesus Christ face to face for the first time, I might be tempted to say, okay, maybe I'm here because I did this thing. 
Maybe I'm here because I was good enough. But then I'm going to see where the thorn marks were on the crown of Jesus' head. I'm going to see where the nails were in his hands. I'm going to see where the lacerations were in his back. I'm going to see where all the scars all over his body are, and I'm going to notice, I'm going to realize that the reason that I'm here is not because I did anything, but because he did everything. That is why I'm here. Not because of anything I did, but because of everything he's done. We cannot forget that Christ is enough. And the closer we get to him, the safer we're going to be against thinking this, thinking against this thought. Jesus is everything. So remember, Christianity is about a relationship with Christ. Christianity requires me to continue in faith. And finally, regarding our salvation and being right before God, Christianity does not let me give anything else to God but faith. Are you seeking healing in anything other than the wounds of Jesus? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Are you seeking power to walk in anything other than the resurrection of Jesus? Christ is my strength. Christ is my wisdom. Christ gives me understanding. He alone is the one in whom all treasures of wisdom and understanding are hidden. And knowing Him is the answer to overcoming sin. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. Not me, not you, knowing Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Are you continuing in Jesus just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Does that describe your life? If it does, you will be, you will be on your way to not being deceived. Why? Because you know him. Because you're close to him. But maybe you're in this room right now and you don't know God. You know about him from a distance. You know him like you know the science book that you read when you were in high school. And it's really boring to you. And you're here because it's your civic duty. But you don't know him like you know your father. You don't know him like you know your closest friend. You haven't bathed in his goodness. You haven't experienced who he is in your life. And I guarantee you that's why you don't want to be here right now. That's why you think church is boring sometimes, because you don't know God. And so here's my invitation to you, and I pray that you hear the Spirit of God speak to your heart right now. Come to Him. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you surrender your work to the work of God? Will you stop working and let God do a work in your life so that when He impacts you, you'll show it? And you'll start to work and you'll start to look like Him, not because you are good enough, but because God and His goodness has come into your life. It'll be out of an overflow. It'll be streams of living water flowing through you to other people. And you to your friends and family, will make the invisible God visible. Do you want to know God? Do you really want to know Him?
if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around the room, I want you to surrender your life to Jesus. I want you to let God know in a prayer of surrender, God, I'm stopping my work today and I'm trusting in your finished work on the cross. And so what am I asking you to do by saying a prayer of surrender? I'm not asking you to trust in your prayer. I'm asking you to trust in your God. But we do that by letting God know what we're doing. By surrendering to him and saying, from this point forward, I will trust in you alone for my salvation, Jesus. My eyes are on you. So we ask for forgiveness for our sins. We agree with God about our sins and we say, God, I want to put them on the cross so that I can know you. Do you want to know God today? Let him know in a prayer of surrender. Say this to him. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for my sins and I'm sorry for them. You know what they are. Please forgive me. I ask you to come into my life because I want a relationship with you. And I know that the cross provides that relationship. And just like you rose from the dead, I ask you, raise me to life today. Come into my heart. Be my Savior, be my Lord, and be my friend. I will follow you from this day forward as your disciple. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did this message draw you closer to God or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.